0: Enrollment is open for Thomas' upcoming six-session live online course, Navigating the Levels of Trauma Healing. Explore how to work with the impacts of collective crises and challenges and learn tools to manage anxiety, overwhelm, and nervous system dysregulation during times of accelerated change and disruption. In this all-new curriculum, Thomas and expert guest speakers will engage in ecosystemic practices to collectively explore our resilience, agency, and capacity to stay present and find deeper meaning. Click the link in our show notes to learn more and enroll, or go to www.navigatingthelevelsoftrauma.com. Welcome to Point of Relation with Thomas Hubel, a podcast that illuminates the path to collective healing at the intersection of science and mysticism. In his conversations with visionaries, innovators, artists, and healers, Thomas invites guests into a relational experience that allows inspiration and innovation to emerge. This is The Point of Relation.
1: We'll go ahead today and begin with a question from Chris. Chris's question is, If we realize individual trauma as an opportunity rather than an obstacle to growth, can collective trauma be realized as an opportunity for collective attunement and awakening?
2: Yeah, I think for me that there are two very important aspects. One is when, and I'm sure many of our listeners here are aware of the Collective Trauma Summit, and uh, during the summit, I interviewed many many speakers and somehow often when i ask okay tell us a little bit about your personal story and how did you come to what you do today in the world we often see that the arc is that many of our speakers started off also dealing with their own trauma story or history and. And through transforming or integrating their own trauma, their gift that became their kind of purpose or path got unleashed or opened. So this already answers some of the question, of course, that our trauma integration process And when we talk about trauma integration, we talk about post-traumatic learning so that the integration of our trauma creates a learning process, which means we actually turn our suffering into it's becoming a remedy. And a remedy because our nervous system, our bodies, our biology, our whole being Once we integrate part of our trauma, we begin to radiate that. We begin to radiate the integration, which is amazing, which means we become psychoactive. Not because we're trying hard, naturally, that's a side effect of going through something difficult, integrating it. We are becoming a walking example that is possible. And that's amazing. And that can inspire others to really feel that that person doesn't just talk about it, that person really went through it and opened up parts of their lives into a more joyful, more expressive, more present, more related life, and many other things. And and that's deeply inspiring for people that feel affected by a similar traumatic experience. And I think that's that's really important so the trauma became wisdom it's we are not going back to a place before the trauma happened we're actually going to a place that we don't know that the integration of trauma makes us grow grow beyond the starting place before we were traumatized and and i think that's that's very motivating that's very encouraging that's and that's very powerful and that's what i've heard from many of us summit speakers like it's a little bit of an archetypal story of healing and i think also many people that work in the healing or therapeutic profession can kind of describe this in their own experience but a similar principle that Even if we heal part of ourselves and then we begin to work with people or clients or patients, and then many of the topics or uh, like a certain aspect of the topics that our clients bring to us help us to heal even more. So the archetypal path of a healer is by healing our own wounds, we actually develop and deepen our healing arts or healing skills or healing capacities. And so in all of this archetypal understanding, we, or these stories, we see how deeply meaningful our healing process is for our purpose development and that the healing process, in a way, is not what we need to wait for until we reach our purpose, it's that the healing process itself is already part of our purpose. And why I am saying all of that is because there is only one, I think, important distinction to be made, that when we say our trauma is a chance for our learning. Of course, that's true, but that's not the reason why we got traumatized. So people don't get their trauma and that it gives them a chance to get where they are. No. A lot of trauma is being inflicted through inappropriate relation, the the abuse of human rights, all kinds of uh situations and that cannot be justified i think if you use spiritual principles to justify pain or trauma that's a very uh strange territory to operate in. i think that's very important because that are that often or at least sometimes happens and we hear that oh, you need to go through this trauma and the child needs to go through this abuse in order to, I think that's very difficult to say and uh, is a very disrelated version of the other part that, of course, once trauma is already in our life, we will experience the healing process as an unleashing of wisdom and skills and growth and learning, and at the same time, we will do our best to prevent as much trauma in the world uh, as we can. I think these two uh, are very important together. And if we respect these two parts, and then we can also say, of course, since we have already a lot of collective trauma in the world, the healing process of collectives, nations, big communities where trauma happened in between groups or parts of the populations of faith communities, the integration of trauma, not only does it release or melt or soften the permafrost in our social fabrics, not only does it open up the repetition compulsion of circular events that are happening again and again and again because we are not really dealing with the root of the pain or the trauma so it keeps surfacing again and again similar fragmentation similar othering similar conflicts, similar social issues so that uh, not only does it melt that but it's It gives us access to restore the transgressions and to gain the ethical update that we need to get in restoring the trauma is the key for the growth of humanity's ethical growth. It helps us. We need that ethical learning to deal with science, AI, weapons that we are able to produce, climate change, many, many things need that high ethical understanding or development. And some of that is frozen all around the world in the permafrost of our collective trauma architecture. And so that we cannot harvest what we have to learn, also, in our deepest humanity, we have to learn something from a Holocaust, for example, or 400 years of racism that is still going on, or a massive amount of anti-Semitism. This, this just shows that we, don't, we didn't get the ethical learning that we have to get, even if some of these events happened a long time ago. And that has serious implications, not only on the level of the recreation of similar conflicts or similar issues, but also in the way we are going to develop and in the way we are going to use or abuse new groundbreaking technologies that can lift the repetition compulsion of trauma to an entire new level of traumatization. So the missing deep learning effect that is kind of stuck in the collective trauma field, in the permafrost underneath our societies, or I call this sometimes the dark lake, underneath our cities, that... um, that frozen learning is very much needed if you wanna address the current level of, if consciousness wants to meet technology, we, we need that. And that's why sometimes it looks like our human, like, ethical level and consciousness is kind of sometimes lagging behind a bit the very fast development that the technology is uh, showing at the moment. And so I think the collective trauma integration process plus the learning and the remedy that we will become as humans, there's not just a remedy outside. We are becoming a remedy for each other by treating each other differently, by creating different fabrics, by creating new structures in society that fit this moment in in evolution more, by being able to globally collaborate, by being able to solve some of the massive issues that we see in our polio meta crisis uh, at the moment in the world. All of that is deeply, deeply dependent on how much we excavate, not only excavate, melt and release. So all of that is deeply dependent on how much we melt and release the the frozen information in the collective trauma field and how we become a collective remedy for each other. So the question, I think, is deeply, deeply relevant. At the same time, also say that we are committed to do everything possible to prevent new collective trauma from happening. Because that's equal to the personal experience that we don't just lean back and say, Everybody who goes through collective trauma is supposed to learn something from it. That's not what we are saying here. So we will do everything to prevent it, and we will learn through post-traumatic integration and post-traumatic learning. We get all this information back as released aliveness, creativity, insight, understanding, expansion of perspective, relationality, collaboration um, was a spiritual opening in order for us to be able to realize that actually as humanity we are one supercomputer. We are not separate laptops individuals sometimes we experience ourselves like as separate entities or separate laptops but actually the collective intelligence of life entire life not just humanity also nature the biosphere the whole the whole thing is an amazing biocomputer it's an amazing supercomputer and um, so we are also The collective learning also gives us, or helps us to dispel the myth and the experience of separation, and allows us not only to intellectually think, "Oh, yeah, we're all unified," but to give us a deeper sense of the free flow of data through us and how we are literally one living system and one breathing, living, housing, intelligence. And I think that's really, really amazing. There's a lot um, that we benefit from collective healing.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank you, Thomas. And I'm imagining that just as you ex- shared with the individual process, That going through that healing then allows somebody to step into their gifts, a similar potential with the collective and to be able to like meet, like you're saying, with the technology to be able to actually um, create, envision new possibilities that are supportive to humanity.
2: Yes, that's very true.
1: Moving on to the next question from Kaja. Dear Thomas, Could you elaborate about the connection between high sensitivity and trauma? Do you see high sensitivity as a consequence of traumatic experiences in the past, perhaps even in the ancestors, or do you see it as a standalone phenomenon that is at most promoted by trauma? In which case, is trauma work sufficient to really turn down a steady alert of the nervous system?
2: Yes, I think we need to differentiate between a steady alert of the nervous system and high sensitivity. Sometimes high sensitivity, well, let's start like this. High sensitivity means a nervous system that has a refined perception and that that refined perception, wherever it comes from, I mean, there are many ways to look at it. But the refined perception means that not everybody has the same degree of sensitivity and not everybody for their life purpose needs the same degree of sensitivity the same as not everybody has the same amount of analytical intelligence or any or social intelligence or any other or kind of physical endurance so it's we we come with a composition of intelligences that in a way serve our purpose in this life. And some people are simply born with a very refined sensitivity. So that in itself is amazing. And when that high sensitivity can embody itself well, which means it can ground every level of development, throughout our childhood and our developmental years and we can ground that intelligence that we call high sensitivity, then it's regulated, it's grounded, it doesn't get overloaded all the time, it can regulate itself well in relationships, there's presence behind it and it's actually an amazing blessing. It's a gift. Now, what often happens is that also people that have a high sensitivity also carry some childhood or ancestral trauma, which begins to mix the benefits of high sensitivity plus some trauma symptoms that kind of get merged in the person's experience. So one part of it is that I feel often overwhelmed. But why do I feel overwhelmed? Because my inner regulation system doesn't fully work, nor does my relational regulation system fully work. So the the symptom of it will be that people often need to go out to resource themselves instead of being able to stay in and and regulate their relationships, which might include that I sometimes need time for myself. But not just because I often get overloaded in the world and that's why I need to retreat from the world. When that happens, it means that it's like a tree. There's the crown of the tree, there is the trunk, and there are the roots. If the grounding process is partly hurt, The electricity in the body can discharge itself into the soil. And that means that a lot of electricity stays in the nervous system up here. It can't fully exhale. So in our nervous system, it's like a lightning rod. The energy needs to be able to flow into the ground. If the base or the grounding is partly hurt or has early developmental trauma, then A lot of the inner experience circulates in the system and it creates a feeling of constant overload or suffering. And some people say that suffering is because of my high sensitivity. And I would say no. That's only partly true because, yes, there is a high sensitivity, but there is also a part that can't regulate itself well because it got hurt. So when we take care of the trauma aspect, and be grounded more and more, so the overload of the high sensitivity will get less and less, will ground itself, and will become a much more regulated way of living. That, and that's also true, fits that higher level of sensitivity. So maybe that person will take care of certain things in in their life, that match what they need, given that that higher level of sensitivity. But that doesn't mean that it's a burden, it's being perceived as a burden, no. Because if energy can flow through, then it's not a burden, it's just a higher degree of, of feeling the world. And often people that carry that intelligence also need it for their purpose. And so it's a blessing. If a person like that works as a healer, for example, or a therapist, then intelligence helps us to feel our clients in a very refined way. Or whatever we do, it has a refined quality to it. If that's the nervous system of an artist, if that's the nervous system of a musician, so it will flow into my deep, refined capability. Playing with visual art, music, whatever, or any other profession. but it's an addition to my skill set. it's a it's the base of my skill set. And so that's that's a very good question because often it's mixed, and often we, I hear the people project their struggle onto that high level of sensitivity, and that might have been reinforced by Uh, the fact that often parents didn't attune well to the sensitivity of the child. And so the child felt kind of often the invasion or the dissonance of that lower level of attunement that doesn't fit the intelligence of the child. And that's why early on children started to protect themselves And it's true that the sensitivity needed a different approach, a different attunement, a different engagement, a different seeing, a different holding for the nervous system to exhale and to feel safe and grounded, connected. And uh, so that really needs to be taken seriously because some people brush it off as, oh, don't, don't. Don't be so sensitive and don't take everything so seriously or don't, 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 don't is a kind of a disrespectful way of, of listening to the real suffering of people that feel often overloaded and uh, and that needs to be taken seriously. And at the same time, not everything is just because of the high sensitivity, but also the after effects of personal trauma or or ancestral trauma. As Katja said also in the the
1: question. Thank you, Thomas. As a highly sensitive person myself, I really appreciate the question and the response and the framing of it as a gift and some ways to work with it in that way. So that was great. Thank you again everybody for submitting their questions. We really appreciate you listening and engaging with us on the podcast. Uh, We'd really appreciate your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. So stay tuned and take good care.
0: Thanks for listening to Point of Relation with Thomas Hoover. Stay connected by visiting our website pointofrelationpodcast.com and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thank you. We appreciate your support.